Take your Bibles, if you would, please. As we have in the last couple of weeks, we have been in a series of messages of building blocks of faith. And uh, we have taken our text from Jude 20. And I'd like for you to turn there to Jude 20 in the New Testament. And then put your finger there and we'll turn back over to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter 6, verse 10. With your Bibles in your hand, would you stand with me as we read in reverence according to the Word of God? The Bible says in Jude 20, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And then over in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse 10, we find here an illustration of prayer. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you, dear Lord, for allowing us to come and to be a part of able to read and discover nuggets of truth from your precious word. I pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit may anoint this place. May he take your 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 vessel, and use it in a manner that will bring forth the Word of God. And Lord, may it pierce our hearts, encourage us, and challenge us, is our prayer today. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Jude, of course, is talking about the Christian life, and we've been talking about that, of how that foundation of that Christian life has got to be that salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we come to know Him as our personal Savior and Lord. But it doesn't stop there, Jude says. Jude says that as a believer, we're to mature and to grow and to build upon that faith. We have looked at several of those things in the last couple of weeks of how to build those blocks of faith. Today, I want to talk about a very, very important block of faith in a believer's life, and that is prayer, all the importance of prayer. And I want us to understand what the Bible has to say about prayer. Someone has described that the Bible and prayer 
is like the wings of a bird. While you are exercising those wings, you will soar into spiritual heights. But if you ever stop those wings, you will plummet to great spiritual destruction. And how true that is. That as we as believers understand, and especially as we talked about last week, the importance of the Word of God and how it is a valuable tool that God has given to us to be able to communicate with us His will and His way in His Word. But oh, how precious it is. Precious of knowing that I can communicate with him through prayer. And so, I want us to look at that. When I think about prayer, prayer is the source of revival. Prayer is the source of the power of the preacher as he stands and preaches. Prayer is the source to the church that gives it strength and gives it that maturity on a day-by-day basis. I don't know of anybody in this church or anybody in this world that has a PhD in prayer. It seems like we all come lacking when it comes to prayer. When I think about prayer, I think about how so many times we fail to exercise not only a tremendous opportunity, but the great responsibility that we have with the Lord in prayer. I want us to look at this passage of Scripture for a few moments. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says that men ought to always pray. Pray. We noticed that prayer was a major importance in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many, many times, He separated himself, and he got alone between him and the Father. And there he prayed and communed with the Lord. And oh, if I think about the importance of prayer in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, how much important it is for my life and your life today. Prayer is a great resource that God has given to us. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's like a blank check that the prayer of a man that who has been washed in the blood of the Lamb and that know that the blood has cleansed him and the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ has come into his life that he can come before the Father and to know that he has the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains, the Bible says. And so, oh, I'm grateful for prayer. So let's look at this passage of Scripture for a few moments and let's just begin to see the importance of prayer. Immediately as you began focusing upon Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, you notice that he gives us an illustration of a daily prayer life. An illustration. If you ever want to know about one's prayer life, 
you can go to the Word of God and begin to find a perfect example of the way that we should express and exercise it in our life through the life of Daniel. Daniel said in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. The Bible says he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as it was his custom since early days. Verse 10 reveals to us the prayer life of a great man of God by the name of Daniel. Several things I want you to notice about Daniel's prayer life. First of all, as you study this passage of Scripture, you'll notice that there is the priority of that prayer. It says in verse 10 that Daniel Daniel prayed and that it was a priority of his life because it says in the latter part, of that verse as it was accustomed since early days. In other words, he was accustomed to it. It was not something that was strange. It was not something that he did haphazard. It was something that he was completely dedicated about it. Someone has said this, God had only one son who lived without sin, but he had no sons who had lived without prayer. And how true that is for us today. The Son of God, the, the, the God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, exercised prayer on a daily fashion. And oh, it was a priority in his life. Let me ask you a question. Is prayer a priority of your life? Do you pray only when you're in time of need? Do you pray when you find yourself only in a crisis? Or do you find yourself regularly, daily, that you recognize that there is a point in time that you have designated it for prayer? So you notice the priority of prayer. But also I want you to notice the place of prayer. The Bible says Daniel went into his house and knelt before a window and he faced Jerusalem. Now I think that's important. It was a custom that he prayed. And the Bible says that he went into the house. Now I understand a person can pray anywhere. You can pray At home, you can pray at the church, you can pray at the office, you can pray at school, you can pray anywhere. I'm reminded of several in the Bible that they prayed at different places. Of course, there was Jonah, he prayed in the belly of a fish. I think about Peter, he prayed on the rooftop. Hezekiah prayed in the bed. And then, of course, There was Paul. He prayed in the prison cell. And then, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, he went up into the mountain 
and he prayed. But Daniel was an individual that had designated a place to prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says this, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You can pray anywhere. You can pray driving down the road. In fact, sometimes you better pray as you're driving down the road. Wait. The way the traffic is and some drivers are, my friend, we better pray that God would put a shield of protection around us. But you can pray anywhere. But I wonder, do you have a designated place like Daniel where he got away from everything? He got away from individuals and there he designated that place as his prayer room, as his prayer closet. Oh, my friend, it's so important that you make an appointment with the Lord on a day-by-day basis to spend time in prayer. Listen to what the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus picked a time where he would not be distracted. Have you ever noticed that so many times that when you try to pray, the distractions will come, the phone will ring, the doorbell will ring, or somebody will knock upon the door, or the baby will cry, or something of that nature? I believe sometimes the devil pinches the baby just to get you distracted from doing what you're supposed to be doing. But here you began to notice that Jesus himself, he picked a time, he picked a place where he could be alone with the Lord himself. But I want you to see something else. I want you to notice the period of prayer. The Bible says there, that David prayed, I mean, Daniel prayed three times a day. That was, the Bible says, a daily custom. Now, we assume that was morning, afternoon, and night. But that he prayed. And it was a custom to him that he did not just pray one time, but that he prayed several times, three times the Bible says, on a day fashion. I'm reminded of what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, where he says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. In other words, you should be in an attitude of prayer all the time. As I am speaking to you today, in my spirit, I'm praying. I'm praying that God would anoint me. I'm praying that God would use me. I'm praying that there would be no distractions. I'm praying that God will convict you and compel you and encourage you to be a man, a woman of prayer. Pray without ceasing. Heard about a man one time who was a very 
wealthy executive. His office was up in the high-rise building, but he got saved. And the Bible and the pastor began to share the importance of prayer. And he began to recognize of how it how he was dependent upon prayer. And so in taking the elevator, he would walk up the steps. And every step was a step and a reminder of prayer, of needs of that particular day. And then at the end of the day, instead of taking the elevator and coming down, he would take the steps thanking the Lord for answering his prayers throughout that day. One of the greatest times that I have with the Lord is when I'm walking. I walk and I'm trying to get a little bit of exercise in, but oh, how important it is as I'm walking, as I'm going around in the community, I'm praying for individuals in that community. I began to pray as the Lord reminds me of the needs in our church. I pray for our deacons. I pray for our teachers. I pray for our staff. I pray for our children. I pray that as they go to school, that God would take care of them. The psalmist, David, said in Psalms chapter 5, verse 3, he says, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord, In the morning, I will direct it to you, and I will look up. In other words, you need to determine when is the best time to pray. Now, I want to warn you. It's not always the best time to pray. It's when you go to bed and you get snuggled down in the covers. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to fall asleep right in the middle of your prayers. And so I encourage you, to designate a special time. Corey Tim Boone, she said this, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. Isn't that true? A man, a woman is powerful as they are on their knees crying out to the Lord. When's the last time that you have spent that time in prayer that you have designated it in that special place at that appointed moment. But I want you to see also, fourthly, the posture of Daniel's prayer. We finally read that Daniel kneeled upon his knees as it was the customary of his prayers that he was on his knees praying. Now, you can pray anytime, anywhere, any place. You can pray standing up. You can pray sitting down. You can pray driving the car. You can pray walking and running. You can pray any way, any which way you would like to pray. But have you found that there's something special when you get on your knees. There's something about lowering yourself and submitting yourself 
to the Lord. Fred Litzer said, who's the pastor of Moody Church, he says, although posture is not important, I find that I am able to express my dependence better on my knees, a sign of our helplessness apart from the divine enablement. That is so true, is it not? Something about getting on your knees, submitting yourself, praying to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of what William Cowper said. He said, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saints on his knees. I believe that Satan, as he so well described it, that when God's people come together and falling upon their knees, crying out to the Lord, Satan realizes he's in a great battle, trying to defeat what God wants to do. Someone says the best way to unload a burden from your back is to go down with it. And that is so true, to go down. Someone else said, if all your troubles are deep, seated, and long-standing, try kneeling. And that is exactly right. Sitting in a chair, driving down the road. But something about getting on your knees. And so Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel was a great illustrator of what prayer is all about. If you want to look at his life and to see how God used him in such a magnificent way, and you wonder why, I believe because he was a prayer warrior. I believe he was a man of prayer. But there's a second thing I want you to see here. Not only do I want you to see the illustration of a daily prayer life, but also the importance of a daily prayer life. And may I suggest to you three dynamic reasons why you should have a prayer life. Number one, it is a daily place of commitment. One Puritan said this, Kneel at the foot of the cross each day, and you will never get more than 24 hours away from Calvary. Oh, how important that is. A daily time. With the Lord. You know what it does? It keeps me close to the Lord. When I think about coming before the Lord on a day by day basis, I'm reminded that I'm committing myself to Him on a day by day basis. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, he says, I die daily. I die daily. Now, what does he mean by that? It means that he comes before the Lord and realizing that he must die to his own selfish desires, that Christ might be Lord of his life, and that as he is Lord of his life, that God will use him in a marvelous, marvelous way. Great Puritan John Owen said, He who prays as he ought will endeavor to live as he prays. I believe with all my heart there is not a failure in my life that's not a prayer failure. 
that is not a prayer failure. If I come before the Lord and seek His face and pray about those things, I find myself far more victorious than I would if I had not. But secondly, it is a daily place of communion. A daily prayer life allows you to have a fellowship, a communion with God. Think about it for a moment. You have an opportunity to spend time along with the God of this universe. Can you imagine? And think about this. You don't have to have an appointment. You don't have to wait and to know that he's not available. But any time, any place, my friend, he is available. And there you come. And as you approach him, he comes and he communes with you and he fellowships with you. Some of the sweetest moments of the day of my life is those moments of prayer. Old songwriter said this, There's nothing like sweet communion, sweet communion with Jesus. There's nothing like sweet communion with him when we fellowship with Jesus. With his manna he feeds us. There's nothing like communion with him. Talk with the Lord. As the old songwriter says, he walks with me and he talks with me. See, Prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not only am I communicating with him, but it's that he is communicating with me. I find myself guilty of wanting to do all the talking. I find myself telling God certain things when I should be asking for certain things. But all there's something about as you are praying, using Scripture and praying that Scripture back to the Lord. Something about reminding the Lord of the promises that He has given to you. And in that communion, you are communicating with Him of those blessed, wonderful, wonderful promises. Someone has said, if our day is hymned with prayer, it is less likely to unravel. And that is so true. But I want you to notice, thirdly, it is a daily place of confession. You know, when I think about my prayer life, I cannot pray with sin in my life. And immediately, if I have sin in my life, you know what the Holy Spirit of God does? He reminds me of that sin. He convicts me of that sin. And as he convicts me of that sin, I have an opportunity to come before him and confess his sin, confess my sins. And the Bible says he's faithful and he's just to forgive and to cleanse me from all of my sins and of my unrighteousness. All the privilege of coming before the Lord and to be able to confess our sins. I heard about this young priest and he was going to his confessional for the first time. And um, the older priest was kind of watching and listening. And he said, young man, he said, I'd like to suggest to you when 
somebody confesses their sins, that you say something like this, I grieve what you have done is a terrible, terrible thing. He said, stop saying when they confess their sins, wow. (laughs) Well, my friend, my friend, I want you to understand, I don't have to go to a confessional booth. I don't have to go to a priest. I am my high priest. And that I can come boldly before the throne room of God and I can confess my sin to the Lord. And I can assure you, God's not going to say, wow. But God will be sympathetic with our confession. See, what I have found, what you uncover God covers. If I uncover my sins, God is faithful to uncover, I mean, faithful to cover my sins with his precious blood. I cannot, cannot overly emphasize the importance of having that daily prayer time as you grow in the Lord. Duncan Campbell a man that was used mightily in one of the great revivals at the turn of the century. He says, do not expect God to cover what you are not willing to uncover. And oh, how true it is. We must uncover our sins so that God will cover our sins. So what, we, what have we done? We've looked at the illustration of a daily prayer life. There, that one by the name of Daniel. He was a man that had a particular time, a particular place, and a particular way in praying to the Lord. And then we looked at the importance of that daily prayer life. But what about the implementation? What do we do after we've heard a message like this? What do we do? We just say, well, that was a a good sermon, and we go home and forget about it. My friend, I want you to understand, God is calling every single one of us to become a man and a woman of prayer. Two things. First of all, you need to decide you need that daily prayer. You need to decide that you need to pray daily. Coming before the Lord in a manner of recognizing the importance of a time in my life that I need to call upon the Lord and for Him to hear and to answer me. Oh, I'm so grateful to know that God has answered so many of my prayers. How can I ever, ever, ever thank Him enough for what He has done in my life? How can I ever thank him enough? But do I take those blessings for granted? Or do I offer up praise and honor and glory to him on a daily fashion? Do I take my sins and just sort of push them aside? Or do I come daily confessing those sins. See, 
It will keep you right with the Lord. It will keep your sins up to date, my friend. In other words, you will be forgiven on a day-by-day fashion as you confess them. You need to decide, but you need to determine. I guess if there is one thing that Satan fights us, it is the area of prayer. I wonder how many of you would say, if I would ask you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, I know I need to be a man and a woman of prayer, but I, I don't know. It just seems like time gets away from me. I know I need to be a, a person of prayer, but it just seems like I'll start it one day and I'll allow other things to take its place in other days. But I wonder today how many of you will say, you know what? I've come to the place of reality that I need to be a man and a woman of prayer and that I am determined, I am determined that I'm going to spend time with the Lord in prayer. Would you be willing to do that? You think about it. Had it not been for prayer, you would not have ever received salvation. If I confess with my mouth, believe in my heart that God had raised him from the dead, thy shall be saved. That if I confess, talking to the Lord, demonstrating what God has done, that he will save me and give me eternal life. I want to invite you to bow your head with me today. I'm going to ask you to do something, if you would. I wonder right where you're sitting, will you decide, will you determine in your heart that you're going to begin a time of prayer on a daily, daily basis? If you're willing to do that, I wonder, would you acknowledge it by just lifting your hand? Thank you. Others? Yes. Thank you. I challenge you today. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen to this church if every single one of us would come together united in prayer, lifting up, this special place.